Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's Food News and Choose Radio. You know, we got a lot of, listen, there's a lot of stuff going on in the room right now, but let me just say, whenever a guest <laughs> brings food, especially a plate of meat. We act like a bunch of hogs. Yeah, <laughs> man. Jason Walls is the chef, and we were talking about this chef farmer at yes, the sir. castle. Yep. So uh, my new, I went from executive chef to uh, farm chef. That I is my that title. Was your title. So mm-hmm. explain how does that work? You, so when I first got to the castle, uh, one thing I like to discuss with them was like, you know, I I, I want to be your executive chef, but I would also like to get out on the farm later on. That's and funny. five years later, a little bit over five years, this is where we're at, and it, it's it's pretty incredible. The lamb we're eating right now is from the castle. Is is my flock that I that I raised at the castle? Yes. You know, Jason, you're always full of treat. I think last time we were there, we had like an oxtail croquette. Is oh, that yeah. correct? Yep. And then now he's bringing us like his own raised lamb with black garlic molasses on top. I remember last time we went there, we had that beautiful pork. Uh, is that Birico pork, I think it was? Uh, the yeah. Mangalista. Mangalista yeah. pork. That was delicious. Mm-hmm. And this, yeah. this is the most tender... I, for people who don't like lamb, they don't like the gaminess. This is the most mild lamb, like mild tenderloin, but it's so tender. I don't know if I've ever had lamb this tender. Can so, you describe the farm? I mean, I, I've seen the castle. It's enchanting. Yeah. It's beautiful. Right. Yep. But tell us about where's the farm part? So the farm is, is located behind the castle. Um, it used to be an old saddlebred farm where they raised saddlebred horses. Um, the owners bought that. So now the entire property is 110 acres. So we don't like to say farm castle. We like to say castle farm. That's that's where we're at. Castle farm. Mm-hmm. So in terms of um, what you're raising, I mean, obviously there's livestock, mm-hmm. but that's not all that a restaurant needs. No. Um, so my goal this year is to have a plate in the restaurant that's 100% from the farm, protein, starch, and vegetable. So that 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 is my goal this year. And if you're going to be a farm to table restaurant. I think that's I think that's that's about the elite as it gets right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I don't really know anybody can touch that. Not really in this. I mean, we're talking region here. Maybe uh, well, I, I Blackberry Farm. Blackberry or Farm like is going to be mm-hmm. on that level, but yeah. I, I don't even know if they can fully supply yeah. their demand mm-hmm. from their just their farm. So mm-hmm. that that'd be an amazing feat. So uh, so what we're doing to expand that is um, I'm raising a production garden. We already have a two acre garden that we produce. I think. 5,000 pounds of vegetables last year oh, wow. for the restaurant. So now I'm going to have a production garden, which is going to have like your staples, and that is going to add a lot more produce to the castle. Yeah. See, I've always thought that too, uh, you know, because we always try to cook with local ingredients whenever possible. And I always, whenever this farm to table movement started happening, I was really directly <laughs> talking to a lot of farmers. You know, I, I couldn't explain to them that I really didn't need any more microgreens or any more lettuce growers, but well, I think you can make the biggest farm impact. Celery, onions, carrots, mm-hmm, the staples mm-hmm. that people, you know, use. Around here, it's it's corn and tomatoes and, and green beans and mm-hmm. then microgreens and herbs. So I, I love the production aspect. We, we need bulk farming that produces a lot of, of, of very useful, versatile ingredients that, and that really, I think, would make uh, every restaurant in town foundationally local. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'd rather my tomato come from the backyard than Mexico. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah. simple stuff like that. And, you know, like, yeah. just, just to get started growing for your restaurant is just, is just a huge, huge, huge thing. What is the, the most beneficial thing for you to grow yourself? It, it, meaning, like, it's better if it's homegrown versus going to buy it somewhere else. But of the things you can grow, what's the most beneficial for you to produce yourself? I would say any vegetable. I mean, really, um, when, when you know what you're adding to that vegetable mm-hmm. and you know what you're putting into it, 
you know what you're eating. Like, I'm not going to eat pesticides. I'm not going to eat um, yeah. soil that is low pH and just not, not good. Tasteless food. I mean, you start off with good soil, good climate. Real you're going to have real food. I always think of tomatoes mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. being that kind of thing. It's the backyard tomatoes. You go out and just get one, eat it yep. like an apple. Almost. To me, that's the best barometer. Yeah of how good your land is how good your soil mm-hmm. you, you taste a tomato and yep. you know you what see, it should taste like yeah mm-hmm. and so uh do you think we've been talking in past shows about trends mm-hmm. and like with gas prices going up crazy things happening wheat and all that kind of stuff in trouble um do you see a trend to doing more of this kind of thing where you grow locally oh i mean you, you, you see it, you're seeing it everywhere right now you're seeing it everywhere and you're actually seeing people do it in their backyards which i think is really cool i do think so yeah, I yeah, I think that kind of woken everybody, you know, mm-hmm. in 2020 when really you couldn't source anything on a regular basis, especially when, when you're in business to do that. The food chain just kind of, or supply just, just broke down. But yeah, when it comes to food costs, transportation costs, gas costs, we're going to be towing that road for a while, but it doesn't look like that's going to be a factor for you guys, right? Because, you know, right now our food costs are anywhere from... 15 to 50 percent higher depending on the product mm-hmm. um i don't think you're gonna have any price increases when you're in there doing it yourself you know right? what's funny i was writing some uh, menus for some of these private farm to table dinners and i'm going to be doing yeah they're like costed out i'll go I-, I can't everything is from right here right and you're like you know and um but it, it's it's fun to cost it out and kind of see where you're at yeah. what you're saving you know tell us about some of those events you said farm-to-table event. So, um, I know that's a big deal for the castle. Yeah, so uh, actually today I just left the castle and we did a thing called a lunch and learn. So uh, you could buy a ticket, come to the castle, and then have lunch and then learn how to grow your own microgreens. Oh, really? So wow. we did that today and you get to leave with your own tray of microgreens to take home and the knowledge about how to grow the microgreens. So uh, I need I needed to know about this. How do I find that information? Do you guys have a newsletter? There, or it's on our website. It's on the website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so and we'll link to that on of our events at the, the Castle Farm. I need to. Yeah. Well, so how much of your, for, for a, a restaurant of your size, how much do you think you can produce yourself? 50%, 20%, 10%? How, how does that? Um, so we are an event space too. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a little tough. Because you need bulk. Because that's <laughs> you know, for two, know, 300 people yeah, weddings. Yeah, okay. that's a little tough. Um, the, the leftovers do go to that. But I would say, you know, about. 75 percent really but it really depends on your climate the time of the year mm-hmm. yeah. i mean you can't just say this is what it is constantly because because right. it does change yeah it may get better and it may just get a little yeah, worse what, but what would you do in the winter time uh, um so we we, uh, we have a uh, greenhouse that's a 24 oh. 7 greenhouse oh. um, we have two hydroponic tables in there that we do our arugula and bib lettuce so even when we're when you can't grow we're growing Mm-hmm. And obviously, you don't have a big five-acre garden to produce a bunch of stuff. But, you know, in the wintertime, who, who does? Yeah, so I guess you're going to be not dealing with the production farm, but more you'll be accentuating and garnishing your food yep. with, with local. And that's about as good as you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's just that's no... all any yeah. farmer can do, really. Right. And at certain times of year, you just can't grow. Yeah. And the future for us is adding some high tunnels. So you can, uh, can, you can grow towards the later end of the seasons. 
Um, we are adding another greenhouse on our property that is going to help with that too. So we, we're, we're, we're a little bit ahead of this, but you know, it's, 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 it's growing pains. Do you ever preserve foods to use, uh, during those? That's what home cooks did yeah, back so, in the um, day. We would never let anything go to waste. Like, that's, yeah. that's the best way I can I love that. that. Yeah, I was wondering the next question, the same as Sylvia is like, what, what kind of production for canning, preserving are you guys going to be doing around harvest time? Uh, you have a game plan for it? So or? on our charcuterie board, the, uh, the kitchen they love to pickle vegetables for our, mm. our charcuterie board you know and that that's really good um, another thing we do is that we offer CSA baskets to a select amount of people so even um, even somebody else could have the produce and stuff from the castle as well oh wow yeah. that's great yeah. I love doing CSAs if you're not familiar with it are basically mm. you're buying direct from the farmer you get a box once a week once a month whatever it mm. is you pay a certain fee and the farmer sells the produce directly to you sometimes you know what you're going to get sometimes you don't it's a mystery yep. but it's my favorite way to buy produce and mm. there's a, a lot of them in Kentucky and I encourage people to, to, to join because they're great for the farmers yep. you only do as uh, just a few people though you said well um, we, I think we yeah. did 10 last year and we're going obviously we're going to do more now um you know, we've only been there for five years, and, and the fact that we're doing all of this right now that soon, is it's, it's kind of crazy. Pretty cool. Yeah. How many lamb can you do a year? Um, so we started out with a flock of 20, and mm. then we processed 10 this year. Um, that's a lot of different cuts, yeah. you know, and I think we had about 680 pounds of meat from that. Hmm. Well, you know, as a, a chef, I'm, I'm very impressed with your work. Everything I've tasted of yours is just rock solid. But I'm really impressed by the background in farming. Like, I mean, I know how you learn to cook. You go to culinary school where you play our next. But how did you learn to raise lamb and grow vegetables on a production scale? Because, um, you know, I, I can't really grow chives. I, I, I'm, I just don't have the green thumb. Please I don't say YouTube. Make them taste delicious. <laughs> don't say YouTube. Yeah, I learned on YouTube. <laughs> so I, I was raised in Wilmore, Kentucky. Okay. on a small farm out there um vegetables a couple cows that that's what really got me going um then you know we i moved out from the country got to the city was a city boy that's when i really started to learn how to cook now that i'm older i'm back in the country i have a uh, i have two small farms in baghdad and frankfurt where i really? raise my own lamb oh, wow. so um i'm constantly outside farming constantly outside dealing with food i'm constantly dealing with sheep so it's it's, it's one it's one of my dreams any other livestock um, we have chickens for our eggs for the restaurant. Um, we will eventually be doing like pigs, chickens, stuff like that. Yep. Is it when you you know when when you have a restaurant and you're ordering meat, you order what you, what you want to cook. Mm -hmm. But when you're slaughtering it yourself and you're or it's being you know you're raising it yourself, there's a lot of cuts that you probably wouldn't order. Like you probably wouldn't order lamb necks, or mm -hmm. some people wouldn't order lamb. So. You're, you kind of have to figure out a way so it doesn't get, go to waste how to do with those cuts that mm -hmm. maybe wouldn't be not the loin, not the chop, not the leg, right? right. And, and a lot of people don't even know about this stuff. Like, they, they don't know what a lamb neck tastes like. You hear oh. lamb neck, and some people, they, yeah, they, they might not be too <laughs> happy to eat it. But the lamb neck is like, I, to me, it's just like, it's like the braised lamb yes. pot roast is the best way I can put it, if you braise it. But like I've said before, you can cut a steak off any part of the lamb except the shank and you can literally cut a bone-in uh, lamb neck steak if you like do you yeah. serve lamb a lot in the restaurant oh yeah every day every day yeah it's on our menu constantly okay yep and uh, one thing I like to always tell people is that before World War II Kentucky was the largest producer of lamb and then we've gotten away from that and uh, so this breed of lamb that we raise a Katahdin it's an Appalachian bred sheep um, cool. it's, they shed their own wool and I think we're just really need to educate people and get people back yeah, to right. eating lamb.
Yeah, yeah. Is lamb, I know uh, across the world, the most widely consumed meat is goat. Or in, in, in also lamb, but it's because it's an easier meat to raise. You don't need the space. You don't need the... Right. Is, is lamb sort of the same way as, you know, you can raise it. It's a good thing. I don't want to say a starter starter in but it's a good thing to start with right because you don't need the infrastructure you wouldn't need if you were doing cattle or other things absolutely i mean you get smaller livestock trailers smaller barns you know but what gets people going is they start raising lamb then they want to do cattle so. sure yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's amazing that lamb i can't get over that well it certainly is tender and i think that's one of the one of the misconceptions out there i get calls all the time jeremy what do i do with this lamb rack or this leg of lamb and guys, just don't be intimidated. This is one of the, the most forgiving animals mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. I was talking to, to the chef here before the show. We're just talking about how you can just take a cross section, even of a leg, if you needed to, and put it on a grill and grill it and eat it like a steak. Mm-hmm. You, you know, braising uh, certainly would do certain parts justice, but it's not necessary. So, you know, just cook it and eat it like you would, you know, your favorite cut of ribeye or mm-hmm. steak, medium rare. Um, you know, if you wanted to get a braising, you can. But, you know, this is an animal you guys should eat. It's it's wonderful, especially. Tell us about your menu. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us, like, we walk in. And tell us about, like, you open for lunch, right? Yeah, uh, yes. breakfast, lunch, and dinner, seven days a week. Okay. Um, we also have the hotel, space. right? You yes. have the hotel. Yep. Hotel, event space. So pretty much everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, if I'm coming for dinner, what's mm-hmm. going to be on the menu? Uh, um, do so, you change it frequently? Oh, so it's a seasonal menu. We have our spring menu. Uh, we'll debut the first day before the day opening of Kingland. Um, okay. We actually did something really cool. We have shaved asparagus salad that's on there. Um, we actually added another protein, um, a strip steak from Blackhawk Farms. It's an American Wagyu steak. And I think that will be really, really popular. Yep. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In time there, for Keeneland. Yeah. This would be a dumb question, but you know, there's, there's obviously there's, you know, American Wagyu, there's Kobe, you know, mm-hmm. there's a, ver- a Mangalista pig. Mm-hmm. There's, is there like a, like a, a, a Wagyu version of, of lamb? Oh yes. Yeah. Oh really? There is. And it's, it's very, very expensive. They actually feed the, uh, the lamb. Let's see. They feed it carrots, the beta carotene that helps the lamb get really, 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 um, Tinder. Really? Yeah. Oh, yep. really? And so uh, you said expensive. Where where are they raised? So you would have to look that up. Um, it's one of those. It's, it'd be just like you would order Kobe beef. Mm-hmm. They would send you a certificate. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big deal. Big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. Huh. Um, I can't get away with charging $80 for a cut of lamb sure. at the, yeah, at the not restaurant. That kind of area. And you know what? Area. I think it's better to raise it ourselves anyways. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Have, have things been really picking up at the castle? You know, this is only a couple of years that the folks have owned it. Um, our and business has doubled in, has in the it? last year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of people discovering it. Mm-hmm. And the restaurant's open, but like you said, there's also an event space. So if mm-hmm. you're looking for a place and to a have hotel. a wedding or, yeah. or whatever, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the easiest way for people to find you guys? Um, let's see. I know that we're using Eventbrite right now. Mm-hmm. Um, check the website stuff like that yeah. and we'll link to that on our facebook page i want to be in one of those things what do they call those things the Tur- turrets Tur- i got to sleep in one i stayed the night i got to stay the night probably about seven years ago in the in the castle we won it me and my wife won it and we had it was only like us and like maybe two other couples and it was it was you get to wander around a castle you climb in a turret and sleep in there there's a pool table in the bar area it was it was oh, one of the great experiences. I think we ought to do a field trip and stay <laughs> a weekend. The it's a it's a it's a great place. Mm-hmm. Um, on the menu, we talked about some of the things you're going to do in the menu. What are the other things coming on the uh, spring menu? So we'll be harvesting some honey here pretty soon. Um, okay. Yep. So we harvested 450 pounds of honey last year. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, we also uh, grow lavender 
on the property. Mm -hmm. And we do a lavender festival, I believe that is really? the second week of June. We have 250 lavender plants and we'll do uh, lavender shortbread cookies, lavender tea with our lavender honey. And then, uh, so we're going to incorporate some of that stuff too. Do you sell honey in jars to the public or is that So in our gift shop, you can buy some, yes. Oh, yep. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. So is that what every chef wants to do is, you know, have their own their own beehive, their own flock of sheep and their own, like. <laughs> yes, all the things. Don't <laughs> get him started. They'll be out on our patio. Well, because people, even the chefs like in New York City are trying to raise bees oh, yeah. now, right? I mean, yeah. everyone, have you ever tried to raise bees? I'm, uh, no, I, I, that's not for me. But um, I mean, I've been involved in the process. So we did it on Food News and Chews basically yeah, and, and we had the suits on and everything one yeah bees. rob one of our partners raises bees so that's kind of where we get azure honey and the honey like your honey will taste nowhere near like your you know your honey they'll be completely Lavender different honey sounds so good right but it's based on the on the terroir of the area what they're like yeah, you see, which is why honey. it's so healthy to eat it locally because sure. it, it has your environment like mm -hmm. that's what they say about um allergies mm -hmm. is that local honey is really so important. when we first got out there, we teamed up with Bluegrass Apiary. Um, they helped us get our ap apiaries going, and they also helped us bring out this flock of sheep for us, too. So I, I got to give a good shout-out to them. They're a huge help. Um, cool. But what's really cool about our garden is that we'll do a 150-foot row of, like, zinnias, coleus, different flowers. Those bees will come and hit those flowers. Take that back. So, I mean, it'd be very, very hard to duplicate something like that. Right. It's just your own little proprietary mm -hmm. mix of yep. flowers. Yep. They don't, I, but it's so cool how those flavors do pass through the honey. I remember mm -hmm. we tried pecan honey one time, oh, and wow. the, it was uh, basically the, the, the hives were next to a, a big like pecan tree forest, mm -hmm. and it was bl blue eyes. It's like butter pecan ice cream whenever wow. you oh. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's too good. Isn't that good? Like, yeah. the I circle always wonder, how, how do you keep the bees from how do you keep the bees into one little area like i don't know maybe it's some question but so they you, you want to have everything there for them you want to have that you want, <laughs> to, have have water, to, yeah. you want them to have their food you know they, so and they just won't look once they have a hive somewhere they'll stay in a general area yeah hiding. more than likely yes i yep. didn't know that mm -hmm. so you got you got okay you got bees yep you got chickens for eggs uh -huh. you got lamb yep what else? What's next? You said pigs are next. Um, pigs or chickens, one or the other. Yep. Yeah, because yep. right now the uh, chickens are just egg chickens, right? Yeah, so the, yeah, just egg chickens. They're not yep. eating chickens. Mm -hmm. Anything's okay. an eating chicken if you're hungry enough. <laughs> well, Jeremy <That's>... around them. <laughs> Jeremy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, we, we want to do duck too, but, you know, it's – what I told them is like, look – Let's not start all this at once. Yeah. Let's yeah, get our lamb. Let's get our time. lamb perfect. Let's get yeah, our lamb so right. good. That's right. Then we'll move on to the next thing how and many, make that so good and make that so perfect. How many gardeners do you have working with you? So um, that's a good question. So um, Tony Myers, she's an uh, ag teacher at Locust Trace. Her classroom is the farm, and her oh, teachers, awesome. her te or her students that's come an out there. Elementary school, right? Um, I believe. No, it's, it's a middle school. Yeah, it's a middle school. Yeah. 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 The uh, the uh, students come out. And half of their day instead of a classroom is to work out on the farm. Oh, it's a win-win. Yeah. Oh, free yeah. free oh, labor. Yeah. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And the kids learn a skill. And they love Which it. is what school is for. You're supposed to learn. They're learning hands-on. It reminds me of the Montessori That's, programs. Yeah. Yeah. It's very Montessori, very or kinder, and it's awesome. I can't, I can't agree with that more. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're getting their hands in the earth. Mm -hmm. like what that's, age yeah. is that? Middle school. The, Middle school. Uh, we do have some high schoolers come out, too. Six, seven, yeah. and eight. And yeah. what's really funny is that some of the students from the last few years back, We've hired them oh, to yeah, work. Sure. So, I mean, it's it's cool to see them I can't think. graduate from school, work I, I at can't. the castle. You know, I wish <laughs> I wish that we had more experiences like yours for farmers because we still have the statistics where everybody's leaving the farm mm -hmm. yeah. and not doing it. But, I mean, what a wonderful life. I mean, um, 
and to be a gardener or to to know the, about plants and it used to be that people did the average age of a farmer keeps going up it and up and up because up there's people, less younger because, people you know getting the big into farms but i think maybe the trending will be i'm hopeful i'm pollyanna but that you know trending will be that we will become more hyper local mm-hmm. and you know we at one time with transportation networks and all this kind of stuff and now it's changing mm-hmm. because of world events well and you're so learning you can't depend on supply chain can't depend mm-hmm. on some, at some point chain. you just everything everything breaks at yeah. some point and mm-hmm. i guess yeah, it just still is a problem for you know large supplies i mean you have as many restaurants as we have in this town and maybe it's difficult. Yeah, I mean, and you said at one time the chains soak yeah. up all the good stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some favoritism. You know, they have the buying power to to keep the little guys mm-hmm. from getting any. But that you know, that's just it is what it is. We just kind of did what uh, what Jason here did and turned to our local producers and well, I know where there's got some through some of those spots. I know where there's some lamb you can get your hands on. <laughs> well, he's already been investigated. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I know that stretch road real well. <laughs> uh, Jason from the from the castle. Out. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank so you guys. Much. I always appreciate love doing it. This. And yeah. the uh, website will be linked up to uh, our Facebook page. So go there, Food News and Shoes, and go check it out. And we'll be back in a moment. It's Food News and Shoes Radio.